Hello, welcome to another episode of the Landlord Page podcast with me, Mike. With me today is Tristan. Tristan, today we're going to welcome on Liam Connolly for a revisit. Liam was with us last year. He's a partner at Robry Morris Solicitors in Dispute Resolution, which means he is the go-to for tenant evictions and property disputes. Very, very hot topic for landlords and tenants alike. Communication is probably the key, most important thing that you can do. Things only really start to go desperately wrong when people stop talking to each other. Liam's here to do a two-parter with us. So this week we'll be focusing on what is going on in the day and the life of a solicitor. How's the market sort of chat? And where are we going with rent and legal protection? What are you looking forward to getting out of Liam today? For me, it was more of a catch up to find out where we are with things uh, now we're, we're out of the COVID situation. At the time, we was uh, just coming out of uh, lockdown, I believe, or just come out of lockdown, should I say. Um, and there was a massive backlog with evictions because there was a period where we couldn't enforce it. Um, so it'd be interesting just to see where we are with things and just have a catch up in general, really. Yeah, I think the point we were at was Liam was quoting anything between 16 and 18 months to get your property back in some parts of the country. So without further ado, I think it's time to bring Liam into the podcast studio and find out where the land lies. Let's do it. Liam, thank you very much for joining us back on the Landlord Page podcast. It's a pleasure to have you back in our new studio from last time. Yeah, that's fantastic. Thank you for having me. How's um, how's things and how's business? Uh, everything is yeah really good at the moment I have to say things are starting to return to a bit more of um, a, a bit more normal a, a bit more how they were sort of pre-pandemic it's um, it's looking a lot better than it than it was from that perspective. Thank you well it's interesting because last time we met we was just coming out of a lockdown I believe at that, that time and uh, things were starting to open up especially on the eviction process um, and they obviously couldn't enforce uh, evictions at the time, um, and it was just just changing. So it'd be interesting to know how things are on the legal side of things of that, whether we've caught up, whether it's still backlogged, and just what the typical process is. I mean, speaking from a, I suppose from a regional perspective, what I'm noticing and the, and the things that are, are coming across my desk in terms of. Um, evictions applications to the court for possession of of properties it's a lot closer now than it than it has been to to being back to normal so um when you serve your notice uh, if it's a section 21 it's obviously two months if it's a section eight depending on the grounds you're relying on it can be as little as two weeks it can be instantly really um it depending again on the circumstances you're relying upon but i'm finding from issue of claims it's taking around about three months to to get your hearing date some in some cases less um the accelerated process seems to equally be be be, be working well the delays i'm not really noticing uh, that's mainly from the areas that we're operating in so uh, reading county course i'm noticing um, that the delay is not something that's very much different to how it was pre-pandemic um, now areas like um, Staines and Middlesex and areas like that again it's it's not it's not too much of a it's not too much of a delay really so um, it's positive I think um, for landlords but also positive for tenants as well because there are often circumstances where 
you know, tenants might have a grievance with their landlord. And um, if there isn't a, an, a court system that's operating well, it's very difficult to have your, your grievance dealt with, your, your grievance heard. So I think it's, it's a real positive. Um, it's a real positive for everybody that, that things seem to be returning to some normality. I'm sure there probably is still a, a hefty backlog of cases, but in relation to these things, I'm noticing that, um, uh, that it, it, they are being expedited, they are being dealt with. So it's uh, yeah, certainly good. It's a massive positive, especially for a long period of time that that couldn't be enforced and there was a, a big build-up of it. So the fact it's caught up so quickly in my eyes, I, I think that's incredible because I was expecting to be a lot longer than, than it mentioned. But like you said, across the country, that may be different, but in the areas that we operate. Yeah, certainly my experience is um, it, it's, it's, it's moving as efficiently as it was before. I don't want to say anything too rude about the court system and how it was operating before, though. Well, say no more. I won't get you into any trouble. <laughs> so there was a headline grabber in the industry press, I think last week, uh, by one of the sort of online eviction-based companies saying evictions have raised something in the region of 1,400% year on year. Now, I know that's a headline grabber because very few people were being evicted mm. this time last year. But what's the general state of play as you see it as a as a dispute specialist where is the world obviously rents are going up prices are going up cost of living's going up are tenants struggling or are you not seeing an increase in 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 arrears cases where is it the i would say the the main sort of case that comes across my desk for landlords who are seeking possession of a property tends to relate to arrears of rent so um uh, that's always probably typically always been a trend um that landlords tend to want to take action against tenants that that aren't paying rent if you've got a good uh, tenant in your property and they're paying rent and they're abiding by all the covenants and promises in their um their tenancy agreement landlords are tending to to be quite happy to leave that to leave that be but um i tend to see i tend to see it when um either someone's not complying with their obligations under a tenancy and that can be a landlord as well as a as a tenant but primarily the sort of possession case that comes across my desk tends to be a a non-payment of rent case and broadly are you seeing more of that now compared to pre-pandemic levels I'm... given the increasing costs that people are enduring there's at the definitely moment. a squeeze and um landlords are definitely feeling it and tenants are certainly feeling it as well i've had a couple of cases that have come across my desk where you've had what i would have to say are very good landlords who have tried to work it out and try to reach some form of accommodation with their tenants on arrears of rent but staggeringly the arrears in two of the cases that i've had very recently have been significant tens of thousands of pounds and um, that they've sort of allowed themselves to to get into with these with these tenants on on a promise that that money was going to come at some stage, um, so you know obviously it's, it's in no one's interest to allow rent arrears to get to that level. It's certainly not in the interest of the tenants, and it's certainly not in the interest of the landlord either. But yeah, um, it's it's another thing that's that that's very difficult, isn't it? The, the cost of everything is going up, and um, lots of people are finding it very difficult to make ends meet if you're trying to get onto a property ladder I mean one of the statistics that you mentioned was that there's been an increase in um, an increase in evictions um, 
And I wonder how much of that is an impact of, well, people just can't get on the on the property ladder. They don't have the available means to do it. It's very difficult for for a lot of people out there. And um, if you're squeezing them from a different angle in terms of their cost of living, then um, something eventually has to give. And unfortunately, if, if the ends don't meet, sometimes it is rent. So do you think, based upon what's going on with the cost of living and everything going up, do you personally feel that there may be an increase in the next six to 12 months um, coming across? Very possibly. Um, I think in any circumstances where things get tight and there isn't an awful lot of money going around, then um, it's going to add an external sort of um, pressure on on tenants. And um, I can see that's for some people, it's going to be very difficult if you're not a high earner and um which i mean there are lots of reasons for letting um some people let out of convenience as because they need to be in a certain location but it's not perhaps their principal home but others let because they can't get a mortgage and um it's difficult for them to um to make ends meet so yeah i think um the more you see a squeeze on people and their resources the more likely you're to see really unfortunately i have to say uh, a greater um number of these sorts of cases unfortunately just need to cut out the cost of coffee and uh the takeaways in the week just to try, <laughs> well, try and that's the out. that's the controversial tory opinion <laughs> i think is the, on it isn't it is, is everything will be fine if you don't have avocados on toast in the morning but <laughs> we're probably slightly past that from a from a cost yeah. perspective aren't we and it's 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 the people who are on a fixed salary whilst their costs yeah. are spiraling around them that um that are the ones that are potentially vulnerable um, and I guess the the time will tell to see what what bills people see as the most important. If uh, if the ends don't meet, whether whether the rent gets paid first or last, I guess that's an individual choice. But um, yeah. that kind of gets a topic on on board that Tristan was keen to speak about. As I, I know, was was rent and legal protection something that estate agents have always sold. Um, and I'll say the word sold quite quite strongly because it's it's always been a bit of an upsell in in estate agency without a vast amount of understanding because an estate agent will undeniably earn commission for for selling a policy. But as we see increases in costs for tenants, whilst I haven't personally seen arrears rising yet, is rent and legal protection becoming something that you, as an advisor? Would, would tell landlords it's just an indispensable now you really should have it or is it still a yeah insurance is great but you know the insurance companies are out there to make money not really help people it's a difficult one because uh, i would feel uncomfortable advising someone to buy a, a policy of anything really as a as a legal advisor because it's it's not my area of, of, of specialism really to tell someone that a, a policy is is a, is a good thing for them. I tend to I tend to fight on the other side of those things, not just in a sort of landlord tenant perspective, but in banking and other sorts of cases where people have bought policies that really aren't in their best interest. So it's it's tricky for me to advise a landlord. Yes, this is a good policy, or yes, this is a good idea for you, and you should certainly buy it. Um, what I what I would say is that if there is some, t- certainly take advice on it, and certainly speak to somebody independent who can give you the best possible advice on what sorts of policies are out there what they are going to cover and the circumstances that they uh, will kick in 
what the particular exclusions of those policies are. So when they won't uh, pay out and um, then take an informed decision on whether it's a good product for you. Um, if you can find something that ticks your individual boxes for your circumstances and is going to protect rent, well, that's a good thing because it's it's obviously going to stop you falling into the circumstance of the client that I was mentioning or two clients that I mentioned very recently who'd allowed arrears to accumulate to tens of thousands of pounds. But um, the, the devil in the detail it, with these sorts of policies is... Um, is the key thing you've got to you've got to always be sure what it is that they're covering and what it is that they're excluding and what you have to do from a reporting standpoint as well so if a tenant's not paying rent when do you have to tell the um the uh the person you have the policy of insurance with when when do you have to report those things because um you can very easily find that the cover is refused if you don't abide by the policy terms so i would say yeah Take some good sound advice from someone if you're not sure about the terms when it kicks in and how it applies. Um, yeah, you do need to make sure that you go through that with a fine tooth comb and you speak to someone if you're unsure. Yeah, I think that's super sound advice coming from an agent who saw insurance companies run in two different directions. The minute lockdown was announced, half insurance companies were advising they're absolutely fine to pay out and half half insurance companies were pointing to you know, term 32, subsection 12B, part part two, we don't pay in the terms of pandemics or, uh, or, or acts of God or all of these sorts of very wonderfully termed policies that you would have never, frankly, got to page 34 Quite often um, to not pay. Yeah, it's what they do. It's how they make their money if they, if they paid out yeah. every time. Yeah. Well, we come across some at the time where they um, stopped stopped offering the service on some of them. Um, so that's something that, that's quite common. But one thing that, that you mentioned, obviously, is to, to look into the information that's there and make sure you feel comfortable and get independent advice. But the one thing me and Mike are quite strong on and we always say to our landlords is to, to read it through thoroughly and make sure they're happy. At the end yeah. of the day, we're not going to sell something we don't, we, we're not comfortable with. We're, exactly right. we're there to provide the facts and figures. This is the information. Read it over. It's no different to sign in terms of business when we spoke about that. Don't sign on the spot. Read it over and then come back. Know what it's going to cover. Know the circumstances when it's going to be covered. Know what the exclusions are and how they're going to try to avoid paying out because that's what insurers do. Um, they will avoid paying if they can. So uh, you've got to know. You've got to know your rights and you've got to act properly and promptly. Definitely. That's very good um, sound advice there for the listeners out there it brings me on to my next question Liam so anyone it's more of those landlords that are maybe currently renting but falling into the the hard times of rent arrears what's the best piece of advice you can give to a landlord that's maybe got a tenant in there that's not paying rent or struggling to pay rent I would say the first thing is communication um, I think that's the most important for landlords and tenants alike communication is probably the key most important thing that you can do Things only really start to go desperately wrong when people stop talking to each other. So um, if there are issues with arrears of rent or issues with covenants and promises that are being broken in relation to the tenancy agreement that you have, you need to talk to that person and you need to find out the reason why that's the case. It might be a simple reason sometimes. Um, sometimes it can be slightly more complex. Um, if it's the case that the tenant is not going to be able to pay, 
there are no there's no circumstances in which they're going to be able to pay and they're just dependent on external forces that you can't really control well then i think it's important to make a decision early in terms of what it is that you want to do as a landlord or as a tenant as well um if that money isn't going to come and you've got a, a strong feeling that the promises that you're potentially being made in relation to arrears are never going to materialize materialize you don't want to find yourself down the rabbit hole of, of the two clients that i've spoken about before where they're given repeated assurances and sort of 10 months down the line they find they're they're each owed over over ten thousand pounds each uh, with no prospect of getting that money back if they'd taken some action sooner served notice perhaps then you don't have to do anything once your notice is served. If you're serving on Section 8, you don't, you don't have to take action. Um, you can still continue to negotiate with your tenant, but it gives you the option to do something if you decide, right, well, this isn't going to get any better. I've served my notice. I've given the tenant time to, to make some concrete proposals for, for what's going to, to happen to resolve this. And um, it doesn't seem to be getting any better. Well, then at least you've got options. You can take immediate action to, to do something to... To recover the property before it gets, but it, before it gets any worse. But I would say the key thing from the very outset is um, is talk, have a discussion. And would you say that would be the same for a tenant that's maybe in the, in that situation for them to communicate with their landlord as well? I, I think so. Um, I, I think the main thing that upsets landlords is a lack of communication. So if you if you if you know a reason for something, you're far more likely to give more leeway, more breathing space, more time for the situation to be resolved. If you don't know about it and you sort of hide behind the sofa or don't answer the phone, then um, it's going to lead the landlord down only one path, really. There's only one option to them if they're not getting any form of communication and it's, well, I'll have to take action to take the property back. Whereas if you were having a discussion with somebody and you're able to give assurances and say, well, I'm, I'm working. The reason for the reason for the problem is this, and this is what I'm going to do about it. You're more likely to get some leeway. So I think um, honesty probably is the best policy, and um, communication is always going to be key. I think. I have to agree. Communication, like you said, is key. And you said that last time, and you still live by it. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, it's really good to, to catch up with you. Uh, as we said, it was a, a short sort of catch up from our, our last episode, um, but I really appreciate sort of the information you shared. But we're going to go back over to Mike, where he's got some quick fire questions for you. Go ahead. So you might remember these from, from episode one. We're interested to know how the world's turned for you. The first question, the open question is, what's next for the property market letting specifically? Um, well, there's... a a lot of reform on the on the horizon so there's a revent, uh, uh, a uh, renters reform bill that's being proposed a, a white paper that's um that's that's currently out there at the moment um and uh, is being discussed and um who knows it might turn into some legislation i, I think there's a very strong prospect that that is going to happen um so that's going to have a significant impact i think on landlords and tenants and not only rights but what it is that um I think it's going to make the process a lot clearer and probably and hopefully a lot fairer for people. We hope so. Yes. <laughs> Anything produced by the government that is there to make things fairer yeah. and clearer, the premise is there. Hopefully they can follow through. Um, 
what about yourself? If there was an investment out there, what would the perfect investment look like for you personally? I'm going to give you the same answer that same. I gave you last time, which is probably not what you're hoping for. But no, absolutely. Well, not I, at all. If the world, if the, the world has moved on in 12 months, if if the right investment is still the same investment, then it's um, yeah. it's a good thing. I mean, I would simply always say take the best advice that you can in relation to any investment that you're you're contemplating. So if you're in, if you're thinking about investing in property be sure that you're investing in the right property in the right area to the right people. Um, don't just buy something because it, in principle, it looks good without doing your due diligence. Cause you know, quite often you can find you're perhaps buying the wrong property for your objectives. And if you're buying the wrong property, ultimately you're going to get only a certain, um, kind of tenant that you, um, perhaps don't want for that property, perhaps it's a lower band of income, and um, it, it's not going to meet with your own income objectives. Um, yeah, it's, it's very tricky. So take the best advice that you can, um, really do your due diligence on what you're getting into. And um, then at least you're going to give yourself the best possible chance of making the right decision. And if you're Liam Connolly ready to put your money down on a property, where would it be? And what would it look like? Um, Gosh, that's a tricky question. I would, I would probably, as I say, I'd take some advice. I'd have a look at, well, where's the best area that's going to get me the best yield in terms of my investment? Well, how am I going to, how am I going to make the the, the most money from this? What area is it in, uh, and what are my objectives? Um, and I wouldn't really probably take it any further until I've until I've done those things. Awesome. Well, Liam, thanks for coming in. Just Thank to let you. everyone know, this is part one. Part two coming next week. We're going into depth with the first part of Liam's first answer there, which is about the white paper, the renters reform paper. So Tristan, part one complete. What was the biggest takeaway? What was the best news you heard from, from Liam? For me, it was definitely that the courts have now caught up and it's back to normal from what he's seeing day to day in the areas that we cover. As he said, it may be different nationally, but in the courts across Reading, Staines and surrounding areas, he's certainly seen it back to normal, which is great news for landlords that are in the unfortunate event of needing to get possession back of their property. So very much business as usual or back to business as usual, which is really good news. But with the raised cost of living, and tenants potentially becoming to a point if they're on a fixed income of not knowing who to pay first and who to pay last with Liam's insight on rent and legal protection. Has it changed your opinion on whether a landlord should take it out by default? Um, I think my, my position still stay, stays the same. As I said, I, I'm very upfront with my landlords. So I give them all the information to read through. It's not an insurance product I have or I have any benefit of, of um, them purchasing. But the information we give is factual, that all the information is there for them to read through. And it depends on individual circumstances. If you can't afford to miss one payment because you haven't got the shortfall of income to cover those mortgage payments, then it's in your best interest to be looking around. Shop around, speak to your insurance provider, have a look at what we, we can obviously provide through the reference company we work with and, and just see what works best for you. But as he said, get independent advice and assess it based upon that but um, in my opinion i think with how where we are today i think it's probably sensible to to look at it 
Whereas before it was just a, a target to hit a bit of extra income for the business. It's not now. Absolutely. So any questions for Liam as ever, drop us a line, drop us a DM on any of our social channels. Liam's always available at Robbery Morris Solicitors. We look forward to part two, which will be launched next week. Please tune in. I'm flicking through YouTube and through Spotify. I don't think there's a podcast or a video channel on YouTube that landlords can land on where they're not being sold something. I mean, it'd be the first time any estate agents ever asked that question, but why not ask that question to a wider audience? They just have the knowledge there, but they don't seem to share it. You can do different episodes based around someone that wants an exit plan or someone that's just starting their portfolio. The rules change every year. Yeah. But why not just open the floor out and just say, well, is property even the best investment out there? And tax advice is a big thing, especially with everything that's changed, capital gains yeah. tax, and obviously your stamp duty costs that you need to pay and whatnot. People don't realise what they need to prepare for. We build a podcast and we build a YouTube channel, somewhere that landlords can go and they feel they're not being sold to, but they're just getting quality advice.